What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of History Creeps, the Curse Edition. That's right, the Curse Edition. Uh, it's just me out of the normal three co-hosts. Carter Johnson and Johnny Townsend are not on the show today. So uh, if you were looking for them, you can turn it off now. And No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, the curse has struck. Uh, you guys heard me last week mocking the curse. We went to the very end of an episode, and I mocked the curse. And Johnny and Carter were kind of upset. They knew something was going to happen. And sure enough, Johnny uh, is not feeling well today. I believe he he woke up, quote, feeling like a truck, a cement truck had run him over and had not bought him dinner yet or something to that effect. Uh, anyway... Usually that's what my opponents say after they've (laughs) spent the night in the ring with me. Uh Uh-oh. You hear that, folks? I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this endeavor. On this special night, this night of the curse episodes, uh, I have a guest, a guest in the house. Now, you've heard Johnny and I talk about this podcast on our network uh, because he and I are big fans of professional wrestling. Uh, This is a show that we have hosting on our, our site. If you haven't checked it out yet, BICBP-radio.com. There's a show on there called The Dusty Finish in which two longtime wrestling vets uh, review, check out old uh, pay-per-views and wrestling events on WWE Network and uh, other, I guess, other outlets. I'm not sure what's what's around anymore with Vince McMahon running everything. Yeah, he kind of has the monopoly on all that. <laughs> But we have one of the uh, hosts on the show tonight, and uh, why don't you go ahead and let them know who you are, Mr. Tate Souple. Say hello to the people at home. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Uh, I am Mr. Play by Play, Tate Souple. I am a legendary wrestling champion. I've won titles on seven continents in 300 countries. I've wrestled over 9,000 opponents, and uh, it's nice to be on your little show here. Uh, it is definitely the honor is ours, man. Having you on the show. Uh, I can't believe having a, a former, was it seven time tag team champion, uh, two time intercontinental, uh, and you've held three different heavyweight champions while what at one fifty? I think you were at one fifty when you held those heavyweight championships. Uh, I've held five different weight division championships. Uh, very much like Christian Bale. I can, I can just drop the weight. Put it right back on. Uh, I competed uh, in sumo wrestling at one point. Found out very quickly that wasn't the same thing. That's Um, amazing. Paid well, though. Yeah. I have you on the show for a reason today. Um, Mm -hmm. Curses. uh, Listen, and I'm hoping that this isn't going to do anything to your show. You You better not put the curse on the dusty finish. (laughs) We have a curse that... It's hard uh, enough as it is. (laughs) We have a curse that has... um, attached itself to history creeps and mm-hmm. listen longtime listeners know that it strikes repeatedly and we've decided that whenever it happens uh, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do my best to get out something for the listeners at home and i figured i would focus on curses curses through history um tonight we're going to focus on the wrestling world now you've heard of curses uh curses hitting families before right like uh the the, the Kennedy family is considered mm-hmm. to have a curse JFK uh his brother I believe JFK's son um and I think there's other things that happened didn't they somebody have yeah, a I think there was somewhere. a Waldo Kennedy 
<laughs> and he got lost. Yeah, no one ever found him. They didn't find him. Just his uh, red and white striped shirt. <laughs> and fuzzy hat or, or fuzzy ball hat. Um, so anyway, tonight we are going to get into a, another family. A very le- It's a legendary wrestling family, the Von Erics. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyone who knows about pro wrestling and is heard of the Von Erics is very much aware of the idea of this family being cursed. Um, now, this story goes back, starts all the way back in the uh, 1950s uh, and comes all the way back down to the 90s. And um, it's just this this family, it's crazy how much tragedy this just fan. Well, there's all kinds of families have tragedies. Like, mm. I'm not going to you're not going to say like, oh, this is this could happen to anyone. I think what's crazy is it's that it's the immediate family. It's almost it's all the sons of this guy. Uh, yeah, the patriarch it, uh, of this family. It, you know what I mean? It had a, a very noticeable trickle down effect through the through his uh, his sons there. Right. But yeah, it all. And even he didn't have a, a too great a light at, light uh, no. life at the end there. No, not at all. Um, so let's get right into the story of the Von Erich family. So if you don't know anything about wrestling, uh, if you took a map of North America. And then you just started randomly maybe carving out sections of the country, the southeast, uh, mm. the Midwest, Texas, <laughs> Texas yeah. by itself, right? Basically like, uh, you know, eight or nine big chunks. Yeah, big yeah. time. Up in up in the uh, northeast was it was uh, McMahon was running that for or his father yeah. was, right? Vince McMahon Sr. Right. Yeah. You've got Canada was carved up into certain territories. The hearts. Yeah. yeah. These were territories. These were different wrestling, um, what would you call them? Um federation uh, companies yeah it, it was basically um there's not really a modern day equivalent anymore that's why it's hard to describe it but yeah each each territory was run by a different different guy usually a different family right and uh you basically you had your main set of guys and they could move around all they wanted but you you basically had a loose understanding with each each promoter you know you only get so many guys, you didn't poach a bunch of talent. You know, right. you worked alongside each other. Right. Yeah. It was when, like, uh, you know, like traveling circuses and stuff like that. When you had the main attraction, when you had a guy that became a star, it was frowned upon to try to steal, like, try to steal someone else's yeah, star. Yeah. The star became their mainstay. Now, this is the draw. Mm-hmm. This is the one that's helping keep your company afloat or bring notoriety to your company. And they would always, uh, if you had a really great champion, you had a really awesome wrestler. Uh, then they would send him around with the belt, and they'd have all the other yeah. territories try and take the belt yep. off him. And you know they never did because that belt belonged to that territory. <laughs> yeah. On a, on rare occasion would they mess around with that, but yeah, yeah, it, it would build everybody up at the same time. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the champ is going to be the, the the one that gets all the notoriety, but all the other promotions, you know, you come through. Ric Flair comes through town. He fights the guy from that hometown, yeah. and he almost wins. That that kid is catapulted, you know, and that's all he had to do. He yeah. had to win a match against that guy, you know. Right. So yeah, that's it's the loose, you know. That's what the territories were like. Good old days of wrestling, man. Wrestling has yep. got such a cool, colorful history. Um, there's so many crazy stories too that I'm sure we'll come back to at History Creeps. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's unexplained deaths. Uh, mm-hmm. Some just really wacky stuff. Johnny told a story one time, um, and you probably were around for this one, Tate, about some guy that hated uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, 
Bobby the Brain Heenan so much. He brought a gun to a, a wrestling match one time and actually sh- tried to shoot at him and kill yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I spent a night in jail for that one. <laughs> uh, I can't get into it for legal reasons, but I've heard that story plenty of times. Uh, that's yeah, amazing. Trust me. Um, but anyway, back in those days, these territories had, like you said, a lot of times there were some big name families. Mm-hmm. Uh, up in Canada was the Hart family. Stu Hart was a uh, he was a very well known wrestler at the time. Patriarch. Uh, later on, he would become the, the, a patriarch of his own family. Brett mm-hmm. the Hitman Hart comes out of there. Uh, Owen Hart, uh, late Owen Hart. Um, so what ends up happening is in 1957, there's this this kid in Jewett, Texas. His name is Jack Atkinson. He moves to Edmonton because he wants to try to get into the Canadian Football League, um, and it doesn't work out for him. Mm. In the process, he ends up meeting Stu Hart, uh, who, like we just said, becomes the patriarch of the Hart family, the Hart Foundation. Um, So in 1958, while they're working for the Klondike Wrestling, he and Stu invent a character uh, for for Jack Atkinson to play. by the name of Fritz von Erich, who is to be a Nazi villain. Now, you're talking about (laughs) 1958. You're roughly 13 years after the end of World War II. Mm -hmm. Um, Fresh wounds. Yeah. Man, we (laughs) hated Nazis back then. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, we still hate Nazis now. But uh, to have a character show up in the ring um, in Canada... And, you know, the other circuits as this Nazi villain. Yeah, and, and beat up all of your uh, your baby faces. And he had, like, this, like, mo- one of these feared moves where he would just grip you by the forehead <laughs> and squeeze as hard as possible called the Iron Claw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did the Iron Sheik have that, too? Wasn't no, his, that, what, no. What did he, he had do? The, uh, the camel clutch. Oh. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the, um, Great Kali used to do the, the claw, the too. Because it requires... Nothing. Any wrestler in the planet can do this move, except maybe if there's some weird wrestler with no hands. You never know. Hey, there have been wrestlers that miss were missing limbs, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah, is that gone? Uh, but uh, but yeah, the claw basically was a, a very this feared thing where it was like mm-hmm. he was crushing your skull. And a lot of times, wrestlers back then used to. Uh, I was going to say juice. And it, a lot of people <laughs> might think I'm talking about shooting up steroids, which is the case, yeah, but also yeah. it meant to cut themselves yeah. using razors to, to make sure blood. Would, so mm-hmm. when that was happening and then he'd get that claw and start squeezing, yeah. that blood would go running down the guy's face. And people literally thought he was squeezing blood straight out of their, like their yeah, heads. Yeah. Um, and then in, in wrestling, you know, you, you got, uh, you do the cut and then the other wrestler, if it's not bleeding enough, that's just the unspoken thing. You make it bleed. You pull yeah. the wound open. You you potato a couple of punches. Get yep. the blood flowing. So, yeah, he would he would dig in there. <laughs> and he, even worse to me was when he would use the claw on your stomach. That just seemed even more brutal. Oh. I was like, your head. Yeah, I understand. It's gonna debilitate. But just putting a claw right in your intestines and just twisting and, and squeezing squeezing i was like yeah that seemed worse to me but definitely <laughs> um so 1958 they create this character a nazi villain fritz von erich and he goes on to be known as fritz von erich for the rest of his life really no one yeah. else calls him jack atkinson probably legally changed it to it yeah, now i have yeah. no clue um but anyway so in 58 he creates this character a year later 1959 
this is where the curse first strikes. Mm-hmm. His son, seven-year-old Jack Jr., ends up becoming getting electrocuted in a freak like lightning storm. But that's not why he dies. He gets electrocuted by this lightning bolt and then falls into a puddle and drowns. Yeah. Because he falls face first into that puddle. So I'm assuming like he's like, you know, going through that electric shock and he's just face down, can't pull himself out of the water. Yeah. And your body can't do anything about it. Seven year old boy. In Niagara Falls, too. Oh, not good. Right. That's just. Right there, you could you could say, "Oh, yeah, I'm cursed. My life is bad." Yeah, but like, do you question your first? Do you question yourself? Going, do you think maybe it's the character? Maybe I shouldn't be a Nazi. Do you <laughs> well, know what I mean? I became a Nazi last year, and now look what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. Well, right? you, you, I mean, like wrestlers have been some really bad characters before. I yeah. don't know if you ever saw the one wrestlers uh, tag team came out in. Uh, Ku Klux Klan outfits one time. Oh no. They gotten some serious heat for that, but there's there's been some bad things, but yeah. Oh no. Nazi is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I would say. Especially during this time. So Fritz yeah. von Erich, I mean, it's it's a devastating thing, but he stays wrestling. He continues to do what he does. He ends up becoming a legend in, in, in the sport. He holds over forty titles, seven different promotions. Um, but in the seventies, he, or yeah, in the seventies, he opens his own, um, his own federate, his own cor- company. He calls it world-class championship wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up also becoming, he's named president of the national wrestling Alliance, NWA, uh, NWA is almost like, uh, an umbrella conglomerate over a bunch of the different, you know, little territories and companies in these yeah. territories. You can be a part of this Alliance, which means that. You have your own company and your wrestlers wrestle each other. But at times you can travel outside of your territory and ha- put on these shows where your territory goes up against this other guy. And like you said, you bring your belts, you try to win them off of yeah, each other. Yeah. And, but it's all under the NWA, uh, you know, this alliance. Mm-hmm. And that alliance had their own belt. It was the NWA championship, which any of the guys from this territory could try to get yeah. and then even lose to other territories. So... He starts WCCW, and he decides what he's going to do is he's got five, you know, young boys, these strong young men. Yeah, he, he started cranking them out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> five it's, of them. Unfortunately, you know, he's like, I lost the one. Let's see if we can make up for it. Make, yeah. yeah. So he's got five sons. Uh, four of them are much older than the, the youngest one. Yeah, um, there was a age gap there. I, yeah. I do want to jump in real quick if yeah. uh, if you want to check out the – there's a WCCW documentary on the WWE Network. It is actually really good. It it does chronicle a lot of the, oh, the Von Erich stuff. Uh, the Triumph and Tragedy of World Class Championship oh, really? Wrestling. Yeah, there's obviously a huge chunk about uh, the Von Erichs in there. But they also talk about some of the other uh, little-known wrestlers that came from there that had some pretty bad things go on. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so he ends up having five five more sons. He has Kevin. Um, there's Kevin. Let me see. Kevin, David, Carrie. Uh, Chris. Chris and Mike. Yep. So these are the five other sons. Uh, Chris is the youngest. And so the other four, Kevin, Carrie, Mike, and David, he decides, you know, these are going to be the stars of my my circuit, these my my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all going to be baby faces, which if you don't know about wrestling, there's terms for good guys and bad guys, baby faces or faces. 
and heels, the bad guys. Yeah. Um, these were all going to be faces, and they were going to be like the epitome of what it was to be a good guy in wrestling. Yeah, these are all, and and the odd thing is, his family wasn't introduced as like because he he became well known and he was he wasn't an evil Nazi. <laughs> Once he was a legend and he was building this thing, yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. he's not like yeah. Adolf Hitler at he the holds top. The name. Like, yeah, he still holds the name. Yeah, but yeah. He's, yeah, but uh, yeah. So his his kids are all like. They're tall. They're athletic. They're good looking. Well, you say he wasn't from holding Texas. You know, you were saying he wasn't holding the role of Adolf Hitler, which the story goes, though, when it came to his sons, yeah, and it came yeah. to the family and it came to how you're to be. It, he was very strict with them. It was yes, sir. No, sir. Uh, it was, you know, you're going to do your hardest and you're going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, strict but upbringing. He loved them still. He was very proud of them. There's like story. Mm -hmm. I read this thing where there was a, a, a guy that was talking about how he'd sit in the back and he'd be chain smoking, watching on the monitor, his son's wrestling mm -hmm. and they would do something great. And he'd point and look at everybody saying, did you see that? See what he did? That's my son right there. Do you see that? Like he was <laughs> proud of that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so WCCW starts. He wants he's going to make sure his sons are uh, are featured, right? These are the good guys. Yeah, so put them on the very top. His second son, Kevin, uh, Kevin Von Erich, is the first to enter into the wrestling world of his sons. Mm -hmm. um, he ends up his first match uh, ends up showing up without boots and goes on to become known <laughs> as the Barefoot Boy. Yeah, mm -hmm. um, apparently. Someone hid them from him, and instead of wasting time trying to find them, he just went out and went with it and wrestled. Yeah, and uh, and I still have them. They do. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, you've been around them, man. You've been they're, everywhere. They're dusty now. He's uh, he goes on to become the barefoot boy, and he becomes super popular. He's good looking. Mm -hmm. He's athletic. Um. And he's a second generation star. At the time, that was rare. You didn't really see second generation stars in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, I mean there really just, wasn't yeah. a second generation yet. <laughs> yeah, not yet, right? So this is this time back, it's happening back pretty far. Um, so he joins in '76. The very next year, '77, his younger brother David joins, and and his nickname is the Yellow Rose of Texas. Uh, and he his career just takes off like straight out. He has like a temper, a passion that like fans love it. Yeah, and that's kind of like a, a Kurt Angle, you know, when he would get real intense on uh, in the middle of the match, pull down the straps. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So uh, these guys and they they won tag team championship together twice. Um, they did a, a bunch of singles titles that they've won. Mm -hmm. um, Kevin also wins uh, wins the heavyweight championship from Bruiser Brody on Christmas Day of 1978. Uh, Bruiser Brody. Oh yeah, that's a that's a story all his own. You see the scars <laughs> on this guy's forehead; it's ridiculous. Yeah, he was uh, he was a road map. Uh, yeah, of scars on there. So yeah, Kevin wins his uh, scary dude his first singles title, pinning Bruiser Brody on Christmas Day 1978. Four days later, his brother David's infant daughter dies hours after being born. So the curse strikes the family again. Right when you're thinking, okay, look, we got past the son's death. My sons are wrestling. They're, they're successful. Yeah, it's going good. This one's, you know, one just won the championship on Christmas Day. So four days later, just fresh into a brand new year, the little girl dies uh, after being born. Um, David would end up leaving his wife soon after that and leaves WCCW for a little while. The, leaves the, the company for a little while. So 
it, it wrecked him clearly. Yeah. If he if he just broke off uh, yep. and just disappeared like that, that's, yeah. that's obviously he uh, he wasn't having a good time. No. So June of seventy nine, that same year, Carrie joins joins the business. This, the next son, Carrie, he he becomes known as the modern day warrior, Carrie mm-hmm. von Eric. He's doing tag matches with his brother Ke- uh, Kevin. He has some single matches. Uh, but he becomes like this new rising star. Like everyone looks at this guy because he's really chiseled looking. He's one of the bigger. Yeah. He was the biggest one of them all. He was pretty pretty I, built. I always uh, I always thought there was a, a ridiculous like comparison if you just took off all the bright colors and paint with Ultimate Warrior. So it was always weird. It was called yeah. the modern uh, modern day warrior, but he had that long hair. He's real yeah jacked and yeah yeah. So that's in 79. A couple years past, you're talking about 82. Kevin and David return to WCCW. Fans freak out. They love it, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Not only do they return, because now you've got three to four of the brothers, you know, in one wrestling company now. Yeah. Um, actually, the three, because I, I believe Kevin's off off traveling. So it's it's, uh, David, uh, Kevin. I mean, not Kevin. Carrie. Did I say? Carrie, David, and Kevin are in here now, right? Uh here come the Freebirds. Yeah. Remember the fabulous Freebirds were a, a tag team, a tag, a three man tag team that came along. They were like the 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 villains. Yeah, they were the cocky. You know, they strutted out to the ring. They always cheated. They, you know, the classic heels. Right. And they they created the the famous, which I love nowadays, that they still use it, the Freebird rule. Where if you have three guys and they win the tag team titles, yep, you can swap whoever you want out of those three guys. The New Day is the yeah. most popular example of that. Exactly. Any any of the three can can defend the titles, and that's because of the Freebirds. They they wanted to showcase all three guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so this is they, 82. Yeah, they were feuding with the Von Erichs. And it helped. It helped uh, catapult the Von Erichs as the, the faces. Again, the, mm-hmm. the clean cut, the good. This is how a model good guy should be. This is what it is. These This is the real deal, people. Yeah, and Which these no good the, punks. Yeah, these but these no good punks, the freebirds, these southern like <laughs> you know, it was like that uh, coming in and spitting in your face, and we're gonna do what we want. We're the rock stars, and yeah, um, but it was a big thing, right? Um, 1983 hits the very next year. Everything's looking good, man. Everything's mm-hmm. looking good, but there's whispers, there's rumors. These guys are not as clean cut as they seem. They seem to have drinking problems some of them might be doing drugs and not just like weed we're talking hard drugs we're talking cocaine you're talking heroin you're talking pills um bad stuff for uh for someone who's supposed to be clean cut to be doing yeah and fritz is not about that man like it's all about keep it hush hush they did everything they could to make sure you didn't know anything about it um so what they want to do too is they want to bring in another one of the Von Erics. They want to bring the fourth one in, Mike. They, he's the smaller of the, the four brothers so far, mm-hmm. but it's also felt like he almost has that innocence again. So bring back that baby face that, oh, it's wholesome. These guys yeah. are good, you know? So we'll, we'll kind of look at Mike. He just can't, he doesn't pull it off though. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he can't perform as well as the others. 
Um, and yeah, he, he knows it. Yeah, he didn't have plans to become a wrestler. He was no. working behind the scenes, and they sort of convinced him to train and all that. Yeah. So 82 and 83 are looking good for this family. Things are looking great. The family's looking good. They have uh, another team in the company that's helping them look good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What could go wrong? February 1984, while he's touring Japan, David Von Erich ends up dying. He's found dead in a hotel room, and there's different stories as to what happened. If you ask the Von Erich family, um, and it depends when you ask them, you would have gotten two different stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I know of one of them. One of them was that he had had a heart attack. Yeah. Uh, right after some match while he was in Japan, he had taken such a beating in the match that his heart couldn't take it. And when he had gotten to the hotel room upon resting, his heart just failed. Uh, yeah, I don't believe that. And you, <laughs> I think you, th- you said you knew of a different thing that they said. Uh, I, I looked it up and it said that, uh, the U S embassy had a, a report that said that he died of acute enteritis, which is like a, uh, an intestine inflammation. Okay. So intestine inflammation, you, which somebody else said there was a rumor that he had eaten some sort of sushi yeah. that did not agree with him and ended up killing him. Well, I'm I'm not gonna say like I think it was this, but the first thing I thought of was, oh, so he was smuggling drugs and it broke and you know inflamed and that's what killed him or something like that. Because I mean he was going to a different country and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. It, yeah. It's none of it's good though. Not at all. I don't yeah. know if, um, yeah. and here's the other thing I'd heard. And I know you've throughout your career have come in contact with Ric Flair. You've worked with him. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. shared dinner with him. I think you were at his house for Christmas one year. You said Richard. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I call him Richard. There's an interview that he gave in which he said it was actually a drug overdose that um, yeah. Bruiser Brody was the one who found him in the hotel room. And when he went in there, he was with somebody else. I can't remember who he said he was with. Uh, Bruiser saw all these pills like Better laying on the bed. Better not said it was me. <laughs> he didn't give you up, man. He didn't okay, give you good, up. Good. But he saw this and he thought, you know what? We can't, we can't have this. It can't mm-hmm. be that this is how he's shown to die. So he flushed all that stuff down the toilet. Um, yeah, they just wanted and to cover it up for the image of, the, of yeah. the family. And I, honestly, you, you got to go with the one that's the most believable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to me, it's just some terrible accident happened. He was obviously into things that, yeah. you know, why not cover it up and, and give the family a little a little rest, which they did not get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. But yeah, yeah. I can understand why they would do it, and in all honesty, what does it really hurt? But it didn't really help them considering what happens next. Right. So that was February of 1984. Just a few months later, May of 1984, there's a tribute held for for David Von Erich. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's kind of like it was an event where there's wrestling and stuff, but they had a tribute for him. Uh, And in it, Carrie Von Erich was going to face Ric Flair for the NWA World Champion. Ship and he defeats him. He gets it. 18 days later, though, he drops the title back to Flair because NWA knows Carrie has some issues with drugs himself. Yeah. So uh, it's it's becoming a well known thing now. It's no longer hidden behind the curtains. Mm-hmm. Fritz can't control it. Uh, a lot of wrestlers, a lot of the territories in the and in, in the industry 
knew about the Von Erich's problems with substances. Yeah. Um, it was just a behind the scenes sort of a know how. So this the, that couple of years where everything was looking good, it's all starting to crumble now. Mm-hmm. Eighty four, you know, David dies. Carrie loses the title. He's upset too, man. He does not like that he had to oh, give no. it up. No. Um, he insists he can perform. You know, it doesn't matter what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very next year in 1985, uh, his brother Mike is wrestling on a tour in Israel. He ends up injuring his shoulder, and he has to have surgery to 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 uh, to fix it. Um, four days after surgery, he's rushed back to the ER with a fever of over 107 degrees, and it's it's shown that he's had toxic shock syndrome, mm-hmm. and it's something that you get if, if from a bacterial infection. That's a lot of times from surgery, um, anything that requires some sort of blood. It's a blood thing. Mm-hmm. Um, while he's healing, though, he loses considerable weight, and they say that the toxic shock syndrome did something to his brain as well because he's never the same again after that. When he's wrestling, he's kind of sluggish. When he talks, he slurs his words a lot. They think it, it, he really got some brain damage from it. Yeah, prolonged fever will do that. That's kind of the, the point why you're not supposed to have one. It just literally fries your brain. Yeah, so he ends up, he starts to battle severe depression and alcohol uh, and becomes dependent on drugs. So this is 1985. Mm-hmm. 1986, his brother, Kerry, uh, who had lost the, the belt to Ric Flair and was upset by it, started spiraling himself, mm-hmm. ends up getting into a serious motorcycle accident June of 1986. Uh, his right hip is dislocated and his right foot is severely damaged. They end up doing surgery to try to save it because they didn't want to have to amputate it. And mm-hmm. it would have worked. He was recovering for a while. Um you know, Fritz kept telling the fans that he's coming back. He's coming back. They were trying to, you know, satiate fans because they were starting to hear of all these other promotions, one called WWF, you know. So, like, that's a little bit more exciting than what's going on with WCCW. And Fritz is like, no, 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 no. Don't worry. Kerry's coming back, right? Yeah, yeah. So they decide, listen, let's have him come back. Let's have him wrestle real quick. Five minutes, maybe nothing more. And, and it'll, it, you know, fans will see, okay, he's back and we're not going to keep losing fans. Unfortunately, um, the wrestling did more damage to his foot right away. He knew that there was problems with his foot yeah. uh, and they had to amputate it. He ends up using a prosthetic foot from then on for the rest mm-hmm. of his career. It was weird that I, I I didn't know that. I'd seen a bunch of Texas Tornado matches. I was going to say, yeah, he, he, later he becomes known as Texas Tornado. And, yeah, there was, mm-hmm. like, this, like all the spinning moves and all these things he had. Yeah, you, you wouldn't know never. it. Yeah, yeah. I think there was a, a a match that he was in where he was thrown off – He's thrown off the side of the, the out, out to the side of the ring, and somehow something happens with his boot, and he has to adjust it or move it, and it comes mm-hmm. off. And there were some fans in the front row there, and a, and the other wrestler that was wrestling him saw it and were completely shocked because they were <laughs> not expecting there to not be a foot uh, when the boot moved. Uh, but he ends up, that you know, be weird. going yeah. like shuffling under the apron and putting it back on and coming back out. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so eighty six already. So yeah, so we have you know one hear, brother uh, has. I hear his foot has uh, Instagram now. <laughs> oh Jesus, no, not that. <laughs> I can't deal with that. It's too much. So eighty five, the one brother has surgery, toxic shock syndrome, brain damage, and spirals out of control with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. Uh, eighty six, Carrie gets in a motorcycle accident, ends up having to lose a foot. Um, Tries to one up him. Yeah. Yeah, not long after that, like literally months after that, his brother Mike wrecks his car, 
further suffering head trauma. So Mike, the guy who had had the, the soldier shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. wrecks his car, obviously drunk driving. Um, he had been having all kinds of violent outbursts and drunk driving and drug charges. Uh, his brother, Kevin once noted that he attacked a streetlight for no reason whatsoever, just started running at a streetlight and attacking it. Yeah, he um, just had, obviously he was, uh, hitting the bottle pretty hard and, yeah. and whatever happened to his brain was, uh, just compounded by all that. Yeah. Unfortunately it would catch up to him on April 12th, 1987, Mike Von Erich left a suicide note for his family and then drove to Lake Dallas where he overdosed on sleep, sleeping pills. They said they found him uh, zipped up in a sleeping bag, dad. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't good. Night, that, that again. Like three or four years of just nonstop bad things happening to the family, mm. culminating in the death of one of the sons. Yeah. Um, so the second son, the third son to die. Really, if you count the the, the young boy, mm-hmm. so a couple of years goes by, and they're they're, they're healing. Um, they're trying to heal at least. You know, nobody's yeah. dying, so that's good. However, Carrie is really strung out on painkillers, and you know he's getting arrested all the time for drug charges. Uh, Kevin does his best to really try to help his his brother out of these problems, but um, by 1990. Uh, Chris, the youngest, decides he wants to to join the family and try to help, mm-hmm. you know, the, the the family name. Unfortunately, Chris is not as strong as his brothers. He's got some medical issues, like he's got yeah. really bad asthma and some like brittle bone. What is that? The Mister Glass syndrome? Yeah, he's he, that's he he honestly could be a poster child for people who shouldn't wrestle. He had brittle bone syndrome. He was only five four. He had asthma, like. He literally couldn't wrestle too hard because he would just break bones and then he would be out for months. Like, Jesus. how can you actually be a professional wrestler? So, right. But you're in that family. You know what I mean? It's it's like you're the, the son of the, the king and the queen and you're like, I don't want to be prince. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the kid got sucked into that world. Yeah. Even, even if he, whether he wanted it or not, it was probably going to happen. Yeah. Even when he was a teen, he was being used in storylines with the Freebirds and stuff. Uh, so yeah, yeah. beat so up like, on the, he, the younger yeah. brother. He was stories. a part of the, yeah. He was already a part of the world. So 1990, he decides he's going to join the company. He's going to do his best to try to help out, but he himself is dealing with a lot of stuff. His brother, you know, killed himself. Uh, his other brother, his oldest brother died, you know, so it's, it's one of these things of like where he just, he was dealing with, he was drinking and doing drugs himself and, and, and battling depression. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so like a year later, 1991, he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't deal with the pain. He ends up shooting himself in the head mm-hmm. and killing himself. So that is the fourth Von Erich child to die now. Uh, one unexplained possibly a drug overdose um the other two Most likely, yeah. the other one by uh freak accident and then two by suicide yeah um that's not all folks nope 1992 the next year fritz von erich and his wife after 42 years split up she divorces him uh and straight out blames him for the reason that their family is as messed up as it is. Um, so the curse doesn't, you know, just skip Fritz there. Yeah, I mean, no. He, he doesn't have the 
the greatest at time either. No. So now you've got Carrie and Kevin left. They're the mm-hmm. only two left here. Carrie's dealing with no foot, drug problems. Like you can look back at wrestling footage of matches of Carrie at this time and there's like you can see he's he's wasted. He's he's Yeah, like, nobody's home. No, not yeah. at all. So nine so so his his brother dies mysteriously. Uh one of his older brothers and his younger brother both commit suicide. Uh, and then a year later, after his younger brother commits suicide, his mom leaves his dad. Mm. Uh, he's not doing good at all. There's actually a story that uh, Brett the Hitman Hart said that during this time, Kerry Von Erich confessed to him that he felt that his brothers were calling him from the other side. February 18th, 1993, Kerry shoots himself behind his father's ranch, he shoots himself in the heart. Yeah, he just can't take it. He can't take it himself anymore. Um, so, so my question is, what's the deal with Stu Hart helping him come up with this character, and now Bret Hart hears this and then doesn't do anything? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna start blaming the Hearts instead it's of a, the, the Von Erichs. It's, it's the Hearts curse. I think the Hearts may have placed a curse or had some sort of uh, help, help cursing them. Right. Yeah. Um, so that's 1993. He ends up shooting himself behind his father's ranch in Denton, Texas. In the heart. That's which is ooh. Uh, connect the dots. Creepy. Creepy. Woke. Um, <laughs> woke. <laughs> In 1997, Fritz von Erich, at the age of 68, passes away after suffering from brain and lung cancer. Kevin von Erich's the only one still alive. Uh, there's a documentary that he was on for a 30 for 30 where he talks about, like, there was a lot of times during this time where he wanted to end it, too. Can you yeah. imagine if, like, every one of them just died like that? That's what I'm saying why it's this is weird in terms of something's cursed mm-hmm. something because you do see families that have tragedies. You do see deaths in families, but when you see something like this, where it's ev- almost every single one of this guy's sons, his yeah. marriage, you know, his, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Almost, almost nothing that went well stayed that way. No. And yeah, it's... it makes you question whether or not curses are real. And I'll tell you right now, man, I know for sure curses are real because I'm going to respect it. I'm going to respect it. <laughs> or the else history, I wouldn't be here. The history creeps curse showed us a lesson. Johnny is, I think he's at, I don't want to say that. I was going to say at death's door, but now I'm knocking on wood. That doesn't sound right after talking well, about Well, I don't know this. the guy, but I wouldn't wish death on him. Jeez, uh, you'd have yeah. to meet him, dude. He's a good He's a good dude, and he loves wrestling. I think I, I, he knows who you are. He definitely knows who you are. He's gonna be Better. mad. He's gonna be mad that he did, that he wasn't on the show today. Well, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll get him an autograph. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll have you call him on his voicemail and and, and sing him a, a happy birthday tune or something. I'll I'll sing him a happy Rusev day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Um. So there you have it, folks. Uh, the curse of the Von Erich family. Yeah, it's curses very, are not to joke with, man. It's very creepy when you start connecting all those different little things, and yeah. you start wondering. And even even myself, I I was looking more into this, and I'm going, you know what? This actually does. It all starts with uh, Stu Hart. There, maybe Stu. we should blame him. He's got some sort of demonic, satanic yeah. cult in that dungeon of his. The dungeon. He's he's putting out curses. And- <laughs> 
spells and, and hexes. And speaking of curses, there has been talk of, of a legitimate Hart family curse because a lot of their family hasn't done too well either. Sounds like that's going to be a future episode of the curse edition of History Creeps. Uh, but we made it. We made it through this one. Uh, not going to count my chickens yet, though. Yeah. Before we go out of here, uh, Tate, why don't you tell them the name of your podcast again, where they can find you, um, and anything else you're into? All right. Uh, well, you can find me and my uh, suitable co-host, Dale Headlock. Uh, we are on The Dusty Finish. Uh, we hope you enjoy it when you take a listen. It's uh, the two of us talking about old events uh, and soon to be some some modern wrestling. We want to take a look at some of what's going on right now. Uh, we just sort of comment, we give our scores, we rate them, and uh, we think it's pretty entertaining. I, I think you guys might enjoy it. I have to agree. You guys have a lot of knowledge. You've been around the block 17 times or so. Uh, like yeah. you said, yeah. you've been in many territories, held many titles, and have had many experiences uh, inside the ring, outside the ring. So if you're interested in, in pro wrestling or some some funny podcasting, check out the Dusty Finish on the network, BICBP-radio.com. Uh, you'll find that as well as this podcast and our other one. Uh, I'm on a show with my friend Brandon Fuller and Anthony Mullen, Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. Check it out on the same network. We're all on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, find a show you like on that network. Make sure you head over to those other outlets. Subscribe, rate, comment. Let us know how we're doing. Um, head over to our Facebook page, History Creeps, and, and check us out there as well. You'll see our newest episodes posted, uh, updated news, all kinds of weird, creepy things. You guys know. If you're following us, you know. If you're not, you better know. <laughs> that was vaguely threatening. I liked it. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to work out a, a gimmick here soon. The creeper. <laughs> the creeper. Don't mess with me, man. I'm the creeper. I'm coming for you. All I can picture is the repo man. <laughs> oh man, that's horrible. <laughs> oh man. Tate Souple, thanks so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate you uh exploring the curse of the Von Erics with us. Yeah, thank me for having me. And uh, <laughs> and uh guys, thanks again for listening. We will see you next week. Hopefully, we'll all be back again with a new episode. Johnny's got a great one in line, so I hope you guys will be be around for next week. So stay tuned. We'll be back. And as always, stay creepy.